When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach and as always I'm joined by Christian Garcia. And Walter, anyone who's watching YouTube. Look at him. There he yeah. goes. Right there he goes. Okay, that will be the last mention of that cat. Oh, look, at look at this guy. Say something, Walter. Say something. He's not going to say anything. So let's address <laughs> uh, the, the elephants in the room here. And that is in fact Christian and I being in our rooms um and the audio quality video quality is definitely not up to what we're used to um and that is because i got covid so that's cool <laughs> that's uh that's the universe punishing him because all of comic-con is it's not real it's not real i'm immune i'm immune <laughs> i know i made so many jokes and finally the universe is like oh let, let's see what's not real now <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I got uh, COVID. So yeah, pretty exciting week right after Comic-Con, you know, get home from Comic-Con, lose my job, and then a few days later, get COVID. So <laughs> it's been... It's Can we talk great. about that? I don't know. Like About me losing my job? Yeah, I don't know. Like Yeah, we, it's fine. I mean... we go into detail? I don't know. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, sure. So uh, for for those of you... I mean, I, I brought it up before that I worked for Best Buy. Um, and for the past three years, I've been a, uh, like a market trainer or a sales enablement specialist, which means essentially that I am, I would go into stores, um, or do like zoom chats kind of like this. And I would train people on how to sell home theater and premium audio stuff. <clears throat> and so it started off as a pilot program, uh, that I was part of and to see if it was like an effective program that that if people like if if we sent this team of people out specifically to train if we would improve you know sales numbers in the premium audio space because when we're talking premium audio like a lot of people don't actually know kind of what that would entail uh they think like oh like bose or you know or uh what's sonos or you know whatever but it's which i learned from cody that, that bose is trash I didn't yeah know. yeah there's a joke in the industry that we say uh no highs no lows it must be a bose <laughs> um and uh yeah so people think those are pretty good sounding systems but in reality uh they are very very low on the totem pole and so um this kind of stuff i was training people how to sell is like forty thousand dollar speakers where you know each one speaker is twenty thousand the other one is twenty thousand or some sometimes even more um and to sell something like that obviously it's more like it, there's a little bit more to it than hey 
you know, here it is. Do you want to get it? You know what I mean? So uh, I would kind of train people. But yeah, uh, so the program got picked up, went for a few years and, you know, uh, and it got picked up right before COVID started. So we became official right in like February of 2020. Uh, so obviously that kind of threw a little wrench into the works as far as like traveling around to other stores. Um, but we adapted really quickly, kind of a, did the, the remote thing and, uh, and it, w- it was going strong for a few years now. And, uh, but yeah, we got back from, uh, uh, Comic-Con had a call with uh, my boss and like our territory boss. And it was like, Hey, uh, sorry, you guys have been eliminated. So the whole business group got eliminated. Um, so I essentially have until, uh, the beginning of September to find something new or take the severance package, which is kind of lame. been working at that company for 15 years and, uh, you know, not sure if I'm going to stay with them. So we'll kind of see what happens. Um, but I've been with them long enough where I get six months of pay, uh, as a severance package. So, uh, I mean, I definitely, if I were to leave, it's not like I'll be unemployed, you know what I mean? So, um, so anyone listening, if you guys have job leads for Cody, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Drop them in the comments. We would appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, enough about that lame personal stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like? Uh, He's so, lying. He's got donkey pox or some shit. Yeah. So um, essentially, it. I mean, it's not like. I don't want to pull a Joe Rogan and say like, Oh, it was nothing. Right. It, it sucked for sure. Um, and it's one of the things that I feel very grateful for though, is having been vaccinated and boosted. I like to think that it was not as bad as it could have been. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely sick, had a fever, um, didn't really have a cough, um, every once in a while I would hack up a little something, but, uh, primarily I was just like really feverish and like weak and tired and, um, and I could feel congestion in my chest. You might be able to hear a little bit of it in my voice, but it's not uh, as bad as when we were playing the game with dice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like right now I feel fine. Um, so I'm definitely on the mend, but yeah, when we were doing uh, the live stream with dice legends, which if you guys haven't checked that out. Um, I think it's still available video on demand on uh, twitch.tv slash dice legends. That was super fun. Uh, But yeah, my voice was like super low and and gravelly. And then by the longer we went into that, that stream, the sweatier I got because like I was at the point in the sickness then when like just being upright and talking would like wear me out and make me sweaty and tired and gross and uh, sexier by the way because the voice <laughs> it got yeah. deeper and then he was getting you know you know sweatier it was, it was yeah it was glistening yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean it, it was not very much fun and i think by far the worst part about it is you know being responsible and have living with roommates i've basically been locked in my room for over a week now And, um, it, that doesn't seem like a bad thing until you start to think about some of the stuff you're missing. Like, like, Oh, you just Uber eats like, okay. But to Uber eats, I have to go out into 
like either my house or go through my backyard and uh you know mask up so i would have the k95 and then a, a cloth mask over the top of it then i would have latex gloves on and then i would carry around um i don't have it with me right now but i i have like this whole pack of disinfectant like clorox wipes and so i i'd like put two of those in my pocket and i would you know go out grab the food that the person had left on the sidewalk in san francisco so you know you got to kind of time it right yeah and san francisco sidewalks are fucking gross yeah and so go out there grab it wipe down every handle and handrail that i did and get and go back upstairs and just i was so feverish and weak at that time going down and coming back up I'd be super sweaty and exhausted and lightheaded. Like I'd get back up and be like, oh my God, I'd pass out. You should have done it. You have just made one of those dumb waiters and just like got the bucket. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so that's rough. And then another thing to think about is like, I don't have a refrigerator in my room. Right. And you're like, well, you could just pop out into your kitchen, put it in there and pop back in. But it's like, I'm touching food. And then putting it in the refrigerator with all my roommates' foods. Yeah. So in, in a closed box, you know, right, incubated. Like. Right. Exactly. So, so I would basically anything I started ordering, I would do like I'd have to get something that like could sit for a day, you know, which kind of sucks. And it got very expensive. I did Instacart right when I uh, got sick, so I got like soup and crackers, Gatorade, a um, bunch of cold medicine and stuff like that. And uh, uh, one thing I learned is that like trying to heat up soup in your room with no microwave is it's kind of a tough <laughs> just friction. Just what I so what I did is so I have a I have a kettle in my in or electric kettle in my bathroom that I use for like making tea or whatever. And so what I would do is I heat up that to, with boiling water and then pour into my French press that I have for coffee just pour the boiling water in there and put a can of soup in there and just let it chill in there until the water kind of like heats it up. And then I would dump it out and do it like two more times and it would become like semi-warm soup. No, it was a little better than room temperature, but it wasn't like a hot bowl of chicken noodle soup that I was, I was aiming for. I'm sure if I did it longer, it would work, but it was like, yeah, it was pre pretty rough, but now it's like, now I'm back to normal. So now I'm just Uber eating like, you know, sandwich or whatever but it's like i gotta get a sandwich that can keep like overnight so i can get two and have one for one day and one for another because it's like so no mayonnaise expensive. please <laughs> yeah exactly exactly just a dry cold cut sandwich and i'll eat one at nighttime for dinner and one kind of as a late breakfast so it's not <laughs> sitting out too long but yeah it's uh it's been rough um but feeling a lot better now and uh haven't tested yet today. I was still negative or still po showing positive yesterday, but I'm going to check again maybe tonight and see if I'm coming up clean. You know, I was I was talking to a nurse at uh, at my work and I was telling her how I went to Comic-Con and I told her how like I went in going with the knowledge like this is probably where I'm going to get COVID. So I'm just going to yeah. go in assuming I'm going to get it. And she was like, and of course you did. And I was like, no, actually, I didn't. She's like, you didn't. I was like, yeah. no, I was, I was like 130,000 people. And, and neither just, did I. Yeah. Like, I got it after. I got it after when I came back. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it was incubating in your system for a while. But Every, Nick, everything, I've, everything I've been reading, because, so we got back from Comic-Con on that Sunday, right? Sunday. 
I didn't test positive till past that Sunday and on the Wednesday afterwards. Okay. So that's like 10 days, which is three times as long as the incubation periods I've been. So when did Nick get it? Nick got it like last earlier this year. He did. Oh, I thought he, I thought he had got it from Comic-Con. No, 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 no. No. Well, either way, the nurse was impressed that I was around that many people. Yeah. And she was just like, if I can ask you, like, are you taking any medication? I was like, ah, I was about to say, never mind. That's I've remected. <laughs> or and tranquilizers. I like, and I was like, actually, yeah, I take uh, I take this for uh, for anxiety. And she's like, oh, she's like, there's some studies to, to suggest that if you're taking uh, anti-anxiety medication, it actually prevents you or helps you prevent getting the virus. And I was like, yeah, my anxiety finally helped me with something. Yeah. <laughs> and she thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. But who knows? I, I haven't read any studies on it. I'm just going by what this nurse said. But I was like, yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, I think that's what's still so crazy about this is you think about it, um, you know, we're two years into COVID now. And, like, we still don't know, like... <laughs> what prevents it and what makes it better everyone's still like guessing like there's there's some things that have shown some work you know lessening the symptoms you know but some some things are not you know working like they should it's just so weird um but you know i'm a firm believer whether you know whether it's the liberal mind in in me or not you know uh or just a placebo but i'm i'm definitely a believer that having been vaccinated and boosted really helped me out because I was basically like it, it was like six days that I was sick um and like today like I could feel like you know I wouldn't go out and you know run a mile or something but um <laughs> I'm definitely feeling a lot better like you know sitting here talking to you or playing video games is not like giving me sweaty like lightheadedness <laughs> anymore you know so, so it depends on the game man I don't know yeah yeah the game. new season of apex legends just came out and i'm getting pretty sweaty in that <laughs> but uh yeah you know it's, i'm on the mend and uh yeah it's definitely been shitty i'm just i'm excited to like be able to go grocery shopping and not have to spend 30 dollars every time i want to eat something yeah you know? i know man it gets pretty rough out here yeah exactly especially since i'm unemployed <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, it's been a, it's been an experience. And now, you know, now that I've had it, like, I'm definitely excited to not have it anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I do think that everyone needs to be a little bit more responsible on how, how they are when they, uh, you know, when they go out and see people after having it too, because, um, you know, I've known several people who've had it. And, and judging by how long this has taken me, like, I'm like, I swear I saw you not that long after you said you had it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm really pay, playing it like safe. Like, that's why we're doing this. Like, I could have tested today and maybe came up negative, but, uh, uh, you know, better safe doing this, you know, before we go and uh, record in person again. So, oh, show. Oh, show. All right. Well, let's get into some nerdy stuff. Enough talking about my boring covid filled unemployed <laughs> life we got to get you that that um that pfizer man You're messing with that johnson and johnson i had the pfizer booster oh nice yes okay. we so need I, to get you the other booster 
the Moderna? No, <laughs> get, no, no. Get just a, get another Pfizer. Oh, get another one. We don't no, want don't, to get worse. Get the AstraZeneca. Yeah, I don't. I don't need. I don't need it anymore. Now I've got the antibodies for a little bit. For a little bit, it's for months or something. I don't know. Yeah, just like the booster. We're just. This is going to be part of our yearly lives now. So. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's just as bad as like some flus that I've had. Uh, it's nowhere near as bad as the swine flu when I had that. Um, so, you know, uh, but it, I will say it was funny cause it was the first time I've been sick since like maybe 2019, 2018. Cause I never got sick during all of COVID. Well, no, uh, we're all wearing masks and staying away from people. Yeah. Washing our hands and you know, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it was definitely, uh definitely felt like my my sick card came due so but uh let's do some nerdy confessions let's get into the show proper christian why don't you lead us off my nerdy confession is started a new show that's awesome and i'm mad at the nerds who follow us and uh, haven't mentioned it is uh reservation dogs on hulu mm, yeah I've, it, heard, I've heard good things about that it is hilarious it is hilarious um it's super funny um it follows these four teens on a obviously on a on an indian reservation and um they just go on like wacky silly adventures and it's it's hilarious man yeah uh there's this one um i guess i would say the main the main character the main kid um he gets hit by some paintballs by uh, i guess a rival gang and he he passes out and he sees um uh, a vision of a uh, vision quest it's not a quest, but he sees a vision of another, another Native American who's trying to give him some, um, some advice. Crystal and- meth. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's big on the reservations. <laughs> I don't know if they make it. I'm pretty sure it's uh, the white man who goes and makes it, sells it. So- <laughs> oh, a lot of them make it too. <laughs> but um, just that guy in particular, and he has very like he has small scenes, um, but every time he comes up, it's golden. I, he has to be a comedian. Because his comedic timing is so good. I I want to look him up. Um, yeah. I don't want to give any of the jokes away, but it's super, super funny. You guys should make sure and watch it. I'm definitely going to reach out and see if I can get someone from that show on the podcast. I make no promises, but hopefully we can get someone. It's so funny. Nice. And then I found out I was, it was Taika Waititi, who's a executive producer on it. Yeah. So like, yeah. I know he had something to do with it for sure. So, yeah. He got his know, hands on everything. He does. And uh, needs to get his hands off of Thor. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows who knows i mean we know he can do we know he can mix comedy and drama just from watching jojo rabbit which was a right. perfect blend i you know when i i feel like he's gotten a lot of bad press because of, of uh love and thunder and i think we all need to take a step back and realize he's definitely batting positive you know what i oh, mean oh 100 he's he's definitely done like hunt for the wilder people was excellent jojo rabbit was excellent one of my new favorite movies of all time kind of thing um ragnarok changed thor's character entirely yeah for the for better sure. so he, he's definitely done more good stuff than bad stuff so you know what I'm, we do in the shadows was super hilarious. what we do in the shadows the the movie and the show are yeah. both great so he's definitely doing more good than bad all right my nerdy confession um uh is i just finished the uh the final season of, or at least final season so far of um, or- the Orville, uh, which is Seth MacFarlane's. Oh yeah. I need to catch like, up. Need Star catch Trek up. show. So it got, is that, can- is that on Hulu as well? It is. So it got yes. canceled on, on 
Fox or whatever, whatever network it was on and Hulu picked it up to like, you know, uh, uh, revive the show essentially. And so they did a season called, uh, the Orville new horizons, um, which is like their Hulu, you know, rebranding or whatever. Well, and- he's trying to cut ties with Fox, right? I mean, he's been talking crazy shit about them since, um, I want to say since Trump got elected. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. One thing that's so strange to me, that's always been strange, is how Fox has been the home for shows like Family Guy and uh, The Simpsons and King of even King of the Hill back in the day, which I've heard is coming back, which I'm very excited for. Um, and which is so, so hypercritical of the normal Fox demographic. Um, but uh, it is strange that those shows have always been you know, on that network. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the, the Orville, if you guys haven't checked it out, it's like, it is essentially the Star Trek show that we've all been wanting for a long time. Um, and until recently with the, uh, strange new worlds, which is excellent as well. Um, we haven't had, um, where every episode is its own like mission. And yeah, there are some through lines of plot that, that have you know tie in from the beginning of the season to the end of the season like there's a big alien invasion and stuff but overall every every episode is its own thing and they're they're going down to planets and dealing with like the complex socio you know either uh uh sociological you know differences between our cultures and an alien culture or like you know, differences of perspective and it's all about how they handle it. And yes, you got Seth MacFarlane cracking jokes and stuff, but it's definitely not, you know, it's not family guy in space. It's not as, uh, as crass and as random as that, but you know, every once in a while there's, you know, there's something funny, like, um, uh, one of the main characters, Bordis, who is like the, like, think the Klingons of this universe, you know, is that the the egg episode is what you're gonna bring up oh sure yeah that's that's one of them <laughs> um essentially his species uh is is called the mocklins and their their entire species is like this big gruff muscular like warrior uh species um but like you find out that like essentially they're all males and so they have you know every relationship they have is sexually a homosexual relationship. And then they like lay eggs. And so they sit on top of these eggs completely naked. And it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's also funny because it brings up, you know, complex ideas of like what we think of as masculinity. Right. And, um, and you come to find out in, in later seasons that they're, they're not all just males. Some are born females, but they have every single child, uh sex changed into a male at birth yeah i remember that episode and like uh, the orville was trying to um, yeah they're trying to think trying to understand like it's their culture but compared to what we know as like what is right and what is wrong like that that doesn't jive well with that right so do you respect their culture or do you try to impose your own culture on them and it's like it's a very interesting thought-provoking show but it's also comedic, right? So, um, but it's just such a good, you know, it's such a good sense of like, you know, what Gene Roddenberry had right with Star Trek, you know, like 
being very introspective on our own social social problems but while exploring it through space so i love it if you haven't checked it out the orville is amazing there's three seasons i don't know if it's going to continue because the last this last episode the finale really tied things up but because of the nature of the show it could go on forever if it gets picked up again and you know gets renewed but really really good show everyone should check it out especially if you love star trek all right well uh we're going to take a quick little break and then when we get back we're going to be talking about some of the new stuff coming out um uh between sandman on netflix and then prey on hulu the predator sequel prequel so uh we'll be right back Hulu's coming out with some bangers It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Okay. So which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, which you got, you got the least amount to say about Sandman or, Pred- or Prey? I feel like I have equal amounts. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay. Let's start with Sandman then. So uh, Sandman is all out on Netflix right now. Um, 10 episodes, I think. Believe so. And uh, if you don't know what Sandman is, it's the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's uh, graphic novel series, Sandman, of the same name. Um, so I want to ask. Um, mm-hmm. Well, first off, I mean, I guess we're doing spoilers. We don't have that. We'll, we we'll, do, we'll do the spoiler free first. Uh, like, should people check it out? Is it worth spending the 10 hours watching it? What do you think? Okay. So I, I want to ask you a question first. Sure. Because you're not a fan of Neil Gaiman. How did you feel about it? Is it Gaiman or Gaiman? Gaiman I think it's right? I think it's Gaiman, uh, Gaiman, at least from what I've heard. I've always said Gaiman, but all right, what a, it doesn't cares? matter. Who cares? Um, he's not American. That's all that matters. He's not American, so we shouldn't give him any respect. Um, so yeah, I've been pretty clear that like I'm not a big Neil Gaiman Gaiman fan. Um, I've tried because I am a fan of books, and I am a fan of good writing. Um, and I can appreciate him for his, like, his prose. Like, he's very, he's a very skilled writer. I just don't think he's a very good storyteller. Okay. Um, and uh, I will say I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed actually reading, uh, like, the first, I think I read the first two volumes of Sandman. Um, it's been a long time since I've read it. 
but um, I really had to force myself to read and continue reading the comic book. Okay. Um, and this one, I think, I mean, it's not super fair because I was stuck at home with COVID. And so I did keep your body aches and illness out of the, out of what I I was hungry for content. So it's hard, hard to judge if I was just like that into it, but I, I enjoyed it. And I think, um, I think because it's so visual and you can tell Netflix spent a lot of money on the visual effects. Um, I thought that it was, it was very entertaining. And I think the guy they got to play Morpheus uh, or the Sandman, you know, dream or whatever you call him. um, I thought he was excellent as him. He really captured that, that very stoic character. Um, So I enjoyed it. Um, I will say though, throughout watching it, I noticed all the Neil Gaimanisms that I don't like. Like Um, for example, for example, uh, I think he has a very hard time writing likable characters. Um, And I'm not saying every character has to be like, Oh my God, I love this character so much, but there has to be some sort of redeeming quality to them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a, a bad sign when uh, like the most interesting, the person I want to see the most from is John Constantine, who's in the comic books. Mm-hmm. He, he comes in and as a side character. Um, so it's, that's generally a bad sign. Uh, when, when the, the whole story is called the Sandman, we should be somewhat invested in the Sandman's journey. Right now, you don't have to be like rooting for him, but we either have to be like interested in him resolving his quest or interested in someone stopping that quest. Right. You know, if he's if he's a a bad malevolent character, we want we're like, oh, no, we don't want him to achieve his his goal. Right. You know, it's like reading a Dr. Doom comic. You know, we we don't we're interested in Dr. Doom as a character. And like the nefarious stuff he gets up to, but in the end, we don't want him to succeed and kill everyone in the world. Right. So um, there needs to be some sort of interest in that character's story. And there just isn't any for me in, in the uh, Sandman story. Now I haven't read all of it because I've, I think I said, I read like two trade paperbacks and I don't know how long it went on. I think it went on for much longer. Um, But I just couldn't give two shits about <laughs> his like journey and his realm and stuff. And um, another, let me guess, you enjoyed the crow the most. Yeah, the yeah, I, I like the raven, you know. And, I, and then I like I like the interactions with his sister. Um, yeah. And and we'll talk a little bit more about like some of the the particular story arcs that happen in the show. Um, but. I like his interaction with his sister and the the interaction with the dude that he follows through time every hundred years. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do like that, but I was more interested in that dude than of course, Sandman, yeah. you know? Um, and I just, I think that that's a problem he has is he has a hard time writing a compelling story. Um, and I think I noticed that in this show as well. But because it's so visually appealing, like even if I don't give a shit about him, 
like it's fun to look at the stuff swirling in the background and like the monsters that show up and things like that so um i think the other thing that i i dislike about him at least in this story in particular i haven't read that much neil gaiman because i i haven't been a fan of the couple things i have read is that uh he he's he's very much into a soft magic system which we discussed on a previous episode a hard magic system is like your Brandon Sanderson's, right? There's a strict economy and rules to the magic system where, you know, if Kaladin Stormblessed wants to fly up into the air and, you know, you know, fight bad guys with his, his shard blade, he needs stormlight. So if he doesn't have any, he can't just like make it happen. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's strict rules to it and he can't like, just, we know that, in, in the sense of that character, which is from the Stormlight Archive, we know he can fly and change gravity. We know he can summon this shard blade and, you know, various other, we know what the power entails, right? And with Sandman, and this doesn't really ruin anything, um, is that any, like, we don't know what the range and extent of his powers is, uh, powers are, and they can they can jump or shrink in magnitude and effectiveness as the story needs. And it's just, to me, that's just cheap. And, you know, like it, there's no sense of gravity to it. So I would, I would counter, I would counter with that. Yes. In the dream world, in his realm, absolutely. He has for the most part, for the most part, complete power. But in the waking world, he doesn't have much. He's kind of basically a human walking around, unless it has to do with someone dreaming. Also, um, his three items that he he poured into his power with, which he loses, like um, you know, I would say that's that's his his hard magic where it's like, oh, you know, he gets stripped of these things and he doesn't have it, so he's trying to figure sure. out and piece together. So I would say there's a mix of both. I agree with you. There's there's some things where it's pretty pretty soft, um, but yeah. I, I I think there's a blend. I would agree with you that there's a little bit more of the soft. Well, let's well let's get into some spoilers then. So if you haven't seen Sandman and you're interested in going in fresh, pause now and go check it out. Um, it is worth watching, I'd say. So, but to to really discuss some of the stuff I didn't like, um, and some of the stuff I did like, uh, we're going to get into some spoilers. So, here we go. So, yeah, let's talk about his three items, right? So he's got his helm which is yep. you know, cool, spooky-looking gas mask type Which deal. is the one thing we really don't know what it does. They never really, nor the comics, nor in the show, right. they don't really say what the mask is for. Right. And then he's got his bag of sand. And right. Then he, What's, that is what he uses to make people go to sleep and dream. Yes, but he also uses it to travel, to make stuff, to, you yeah. know, you know, so it's like, it's like, oh, it, it does sand powers, you know? <laughs> and, then, um, and then he's got his ruby which the ruby is the most powerful one supposedly right <laughs> so so the ruby is described as being able to make dreams come true right right so and we see it abused with uh with uh that one guy jonathan uh i forget the last name he's like the great descendant of uh Tyrion Tyrion lannister um <laughs> or tywin lannister sorry um and uh, I thought it was like it, 
it's used to great effect in the diner when we see like how horribly things can go and yeah. stuff when it's abused, right? Like that's very interesting. Um, oh I will say they in um. So one one thing about the 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 show was I thought like one of the things that bugs me with comic book movies, uh, comic book shows, it's like oh they didn't follow the book panel for panel and and or like exactly the same beats and i will say in this show they did for the most part and i will say i get why now why a lot of shows and movies don't do it is that there was nothing really in it for me um i knew exactly where i was gonna where it was gonna go i knew exactly what it was gonna happen um right a lot of it was very familiar even for me who i read that book probably 10 years ago although they did tone down some stuff i'm surprised how far they went with the guy in the diner because in the in the graphic novel in the comic books it goes much further much much further um but i was i was surprised that it went that way Um, so 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 here's here's my problem with with some of his magic stuff right so specifically with the ruby he has this ruby that makes dreams come true okay cool i can i can buy that right like you have to go into any sort of work of fiction especially fantasy with some sort of buy-in right but if if he says that he created the ruby and put his power into it there was never any explanation as to why he would do that aside from the fact that doing so would make it more likely that it would get stolen and that there a story would happen. <laughs> so, and then, and then he says all of these things that the, his tools, the helm, the sand and the Ruby are part of him, right? They're like, they're not specific items, but they they are a piece of him. And, but then the Ruby gets destroyed and he becomes more powerful. We, right? He regained the power that he put in. He into, regained yeah. the power that he had put inside there. So, but if it was in fact part of him, that that power should not have been released. It should have been destroyed because it was destroyed. Right. Right. So it, it, again, it's that I think that Neil Gaiman does not do a great job of like he has interesting concepts. A ruby that makes dreams come true is an interesting idea. But the execution of it leaves too many plot holes where I think someone like some like your Brandon Sanderson or your George R. R. Martin or even Stephen King to a certain extent. That when they create these powers or these fantastical items, they they once it's created, it follows a, a fairly strict rules. Right. Um, where neil gaiman he creates an idea because he thinks it's interesting and then it just lets it do whatever he wants it to do in the moment and that that's always kind of bothered me um but yeah you know it's just like like why are you going to create an item that does your power for you and then put all your power into it it like what what did what purpose does that serve? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. He's really old, Cody. He's been around for you know millions of years. Yeah, since and he dinosaurs. never since he things never, have been dreaming. Yeah, he never you're, learned. You're about to make some mistakes, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, overall, like, yes, I have problems with Neil Gaiman, but I think it's an interesting show, um, and it's you know it's definitely a fun watch, um, and uh, you know I think I think it's definitely worth 
people's time, you know? Yeah. I mean, there was a couple small things that I didn't think would bother me um, until my fiance pointed it out. And that's where um, he looked great. His, his look, uh, his hair, yep. uh, even the way he spoke, I, which I don't know if that was his voice. Hopefully it was, but he's exactly what I thought he would look sure. like in real Absolutely. life, except for the most part in the graphic novels, you don't, and that, and this is what makes him creepy because he's supposed to come off as creepy. Like in the show, he just comes off of like, Oh, he's an emo guy, whatever. Sure. But it's that he's like pasty white and that he has stars in his eyes as opposed to. Right. And in the beginning, it didn't really bug me, but. The well, more, they showed it in the beginning. A like, little bit. A yeah. Little like bit. when he's, when he's trapped in the basement, like every time you see him, I'm like, Ooh, this is really cool. But I think honestly, like, they spent so much money on special effects for everything else. I think that was one of those things that they kind of like conceded. They're like, okay, we're not going to make his eyes like twinkly crazy all the contact time. lenses, even with like yeah. a couple little tiny stars or like a galaxy. I don't think it would have been that expensive, but like that to me is something that got missed where like uh, when he's interacting with people in the waking world, like even though I was like, Oh, this guy's human. Is he? I don't know. There's something still creepy about him and weird. I can't really put my finger on it. Right. I just think it would have been a cool, cool little element. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was just, some, I liked it, but there were some things that were missing. I still think the audio drama on audible is a m way better uh, experience, but you know, it's McAvoy's doing the voice of, uh, of uh, Morpheus, which he just, he killed it, man. He was so good. He sure. was so, so good. Um, I would I, honestly, if I had, if people would ask me which one should I do, the audio drama or the show, I'm like, do do the audio drama. Like, yeah. I, it just it it the things that you can't do visually or pull off, like just them explain the character explaining it to you and you imagining it was just was just better. Like I could not when I was listening to it, I could not stop listening to it. Like I was like, forget whatever shows I'm doing. I were like, all right, I need to clean. All right, I'm just gonna keep listening to this while I'm while I'm doing what I'm what I need to do. It was so good. Yeah, I I think. Uh... You know, it's it's definitely got some fun stuff. I think, like, for me, it was the visual aspect of it was so much fun. Like, you know, like, I thought they did a really good job with the Corinthian. Um, yeah. You know, I thought he looked, I mean, that guy did an, the actor did an excellent job, I thought. Um, I even liked, um, I liked Johanna uh, Constantine, which uh, we were kind of discussing off pod that, like, it's kind of lame if they just gender swapped her for no reason, but if it's a rights thing, like they don't have the rights to John Constantine. I definitely think it was a rights thing for sure. Though, uh, did because, you notice in the intro, it's a Warner television production. For sure. But we also didn't get Batman who's supposed to be in it. So, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a, so, that's a hard ask. I yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a rights thing for sure. Because Batman's yeah, in it. And, for sure. Uh, I did like how they did um, uh, Satan. It it was exactly how he yeah. looked in the comics with the curly hair and the Gwendolyn, bat wings. Gwendolyn Christie is that her name? The, I believe so. Yeah, the the chick from uh, Brianna Tarth from Game, yeah, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought. Yeah, I thought the 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 battle that they had between them was done very well and yeah. made a very like that's a hard thing to make an interesting television out of. Yeah, and I thought they they did a very good job. That's another thing though. It's like. He goes in and he's like, he's like, uh, she's like, is Satan more power, Lucifer more powerful than you? And he's like, oh, like, like crazy more powerful. And then, and then he just goes in there. And it's like, I mean, us as the audience could have thought out, out thought 
Satan in that one. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh, you mean this whole time, like, all you had to say was like, I'm hope and hope can't be killed. It's like, okay. Well, I mean, yes, you could have said, all right, I'm despair and you can't like, you know, that would yeah. crush hope uh, for sure. But I mean, if you think about it, like you got the God of imagination and creativity, storytelling, you know, that's, yeah. that's all his realm. And, you know, sure, Satan is tricky, but, you know, I don't know. I, but, I could see it going either way. Here's the argument, though, is like, okay, yes. Like, I could I could see why he would win in, in that sort of contest. But this is a contest in hell put on by Lucifer himself, yeah. right? If, that is, is this like the only contest available to these eternal gods <laughs> or whatever? Or is it is, is it like... You know, like, okay, if you have a dispute, you have to do like the crazy imagination poetry thing. And that's the only way to settle any disputes. It just, it's, again, it's a, it's an interesting idea that I'm sure like, you know, Neil Gaiman jerked himself off thinking of like, oh, what if they just, <laughs> what if they did like poetry and like, that's how they won battles. And it's like, okay, good. We get it. You're smarter than us. But, um, you know, like, you know, you know what I love story. is like how I feel about Christopher Nolan is how you feel. Oh about yeah, <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, like I understand that with Christopher Nolan. Um, at the same time, and, and same thing with uh, Neil Gaiman. I understand that Neil Gaiman is a talented writer. Like he can string together words in a way that I couldn't do. Right. Um, I just think there's a difference between that and being a, a good storyteller. For same sure. thing like Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan can make a a movie that does things that we've never seen in cinema before, but does that movie necessarily do a good job telling a story? Like inception is the perfect thing. It's like, we have to just accept there's this little briefcase that you plug <laughs> into your nose and that lets you go into dreams. Like, you know, I understand or, that. Or, or the tenant, like, Oh you, yeah. You go through this portal and go backwards. It's like, okay, cool. But and it, if you think about it too hard, there's plot holes that arise. Like I understand that. Um, but both of them are masters of their of their craft in a certain aspect for sure yeah so. no i mean there were there was some design stuff that i thought was excellent um desire was awesome uh very well done absolutely like dude that's that's like that's like it was a great blend where you're like i don't know like which gender this you know person is trying to identify yes yeah, was... same thing with uh, lucifer you know what i mean yeah. lucifer uh they did a very good job making them like angelic right and that's that's the whole deal is he's a fallen angel and um i thought that was that very well done the production design was very well done in the show um i i like how they did the time jumps in the beginning you know which is a interesting way to start a story um yeah but yeah definitely worth checking out i think you should check out sandman on netflix um definitely worth your time it's not going to be for everybody but um i think you know if you got some time to kill and you want to see something cool and fantastic it's definitely worth your worth your watch a little bit uh smaller investment in the time frame though is uh prey which is now out on hulu so prey is essentially a prequel kind of to predator and the retconning a bunch of stuff Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think the thing the thing that uh, has been so hard for so many for so many years to make Predator into its own franchise is that it started off as a good, interesting idea for a movie, 
right? Where you go in and you're like, what is happening? There's these commandos in the jungle. And then there's something that's killing them like crazy. Like, is it like some other, you know, enemy force or whatever? And it's like, oh no, it's a freaking alien with lasers and stuff, right? So that was, that in itself is a good idea for a movie. Uh, it's been so hard to kind of create a franchise out of that because once you know what the predator is and what the predator is capable of, some of that mystique and intrigue is gone, right? Like, even in like, like the Danny Glover one, right? It was interesting because we got to see it in an urban environment. That was I like love a- that movie. I I love that movie. And I've met Danny Glover and I told him I loved it. And he was like, you know what? Out of all the movies I've done, he's like, that's the one I get the most compliments in. Yeah. And it was hilarious. You know, it, it and it's not it's not a bad movie necessarily. It's not as good as the first one, but um, I'd say of the ones that followed, it's probably the best of the ones that followed. Um, the the predator one with eight predators with Adrian Brody was pretty good, but still kind of lacking. Right. And then the, the newest one was not great. Um, so this one, I think had a very interesting task ahead of it. How do you make a movie where it's, you know, believable that these native Americans from the early 18th century, um, like how are they going to handle themselves with a predator, right? Who obviously took out Arnold Schwarzenegger and his whole gang. Well, didn't uh, take out Arnold. Well, that's true. Yeah, did, didn't take out Arnold, but took out these elite like commandos. My boy Dutch those. survived. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, Maria or whatever the, the yeah. girl who they find. Um, but it's because he didn't see her as a threat. So <laughs> exactly, obviously. Uh, so it's it's uh, it was very interesting that this movie worked as well as it did. And I think, I mean, I don't think there's much spoiling a predator movie. Um, Cause again, like the predator shows up and hunts a bunch of people. And then eventually w- at least one or two of the people hunting, figure out what to do and, and live like that's so, every predator movie ever. So, so one thing, I don't mind talking spoilers. One thing I do want to say is um, I hate, that they added the tagline and they, they just cornered themselves if this is the first time the predator has encountered humans on earth that pissed me off so much just because you could have done more movies throughout time of him fighting different warriors in different places sure. and i feel like that would have been fucking great like a predator in like rome you know, fighting like, I don't know, a Praetorian or a Legionnaire, like that would have been great. Someone like, you know, Maximus, sure. like that would have been great, you know, or like some Polynesian like warriors or like I Japan, mean, which eventually we would have gotten, you know, fighting samurais, samurais yeah, or something like, yeah. yeah, see, like it would have been so great. Well, here's this- here's the thing. They can still fight samurais because samurais took place after this movie. Um, a lot of them did. Yeah, but like there's still more ancient war, even cavemen, sure. something like that. I don't know. Sure. But like I mean, just... that's a that's such an easy thing for them to retcon. Like, who gives a shit? Like, I <laughs> I think they could very easily do that if they wanted to. Um, and it could always be a different predator, right? Um, because spoiler alert, this predator gets killed. Um what? Yeah, yeah, every predator ever has been killed. <laughs> uh so uh, but I will say it was 
it was very refreshing how good it, of a movie it was oh the cinema it was cinematically beautiful there's great shots mm-hmm. um i really liked the fight choreography i mean usually you see the predator like just kind of taking people out stealth distance or you see the kills like off screen you just see the blood splatter and here like you see him go to battle and it was it was pretty cool you see a lot of the weapons and that was that was great um, yeah and i think i think they did a great job of showing both the strengths of the comanches and like their stealth and use of environment and you know uh use uh, of of each other you know uh distracting while one attacks and that sort of thing and then they showed like the strengths of of like the french trappers yeah who um you know laid ambush and obviously they have uh uh guns and stuff right and traps themselves um i thought they did a good job of like kind of showing the strengths and weaknesses of both those groups as they were fighting the predators which was really cool um the, they're like the movie's not perfect there's some things that were uh I think I texted you when I was watching it where I was like the first five minutes of this are such bullshit because first of all um, you know she hears off in the distance the bugle of an elk then she sees a white tailed deer and I was like (laughs) okay I mean like don't get me wrong I think I think an elk has a much more interesting call to it because like that long like you know off in the distance where white-tailed deers just kind of snort and they're just kind of like um and then uh she chases this this white-tailed deer through the woods she has a bow and arrow which is the like the perfect weapon to hunt a white-tailed deer with in fact people still do it today um and uh instead she throws a tomahawk at it yeah right and I like I get it because that's a it's a plot moment where she throws a tomahawk, misses, and then has to go retrieve the tomahawk. That's where we get the lasso tomahawk that happens later in it. I, I understand why they did it. It's just silly. And then we see her dog is trapped in a in like a one of those bear trap style clamp traps. I'm assuming it was like a coyote or wolf one, because if it was a bear one, not granted it got well, its yeah. tail, but it still would have snipped the tail off. I mean, I mean, the only difference between them is the size. You yeah, know what I mean? for sure. But that that clamp style, uh, I don't know what the technical term is for it, but that clamp style trap where it has the, the little pedestal in the middle, if you depress that, then it clamps on, right? And it's clamped on the dog's tail. So here's something that like is so simple to, to change about that, that I, I don't understand why they did it. It's like, there's no way that dog's tail could set off that that trap. There, those those things, they they re- require more pressure than what a, like a wagging tail would give. And for the tail to wag into it, he'd have to be laying on the ground, wagging his tail into it over and over and over again to get it to clamp on his tail. Um, so like, I I don't. It just seems so cheap to me when everything looks beautiful. They have people speaking actual Comanche language. That This was the first movie, I think, that had a Comanche audio track to it, um, which is is interesting, you know, uh, and I'm glad that they did it when it's featuring heavily Comanches. But it's like you went through all that extra, you know, research, and then, like, in the first five minutes of this movie, you have so many egregious errors in how hunting works i love 
that the stuff that like, you can buy into an alien coming in. Right. You can buy into and humans like, being able to kill this advanced yeah. alien, but like the yell of an elk, and then you get a deer. Well, well it's it does <laughs> it's not it's not that like it doesn't ruin the movie for me, right? But it's just it bothers me that they're so simple. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. like the the deer was not real, right? It was CG. Yeah. Make it an elk. Who gives a <laughs> shit? Like, like I just the fact that the audio guy and the guy producing the animal did two different things is just such a silly mistake to make. And then like, you know, have the dog uh, get his tail clamped. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's because PETA wouldn't let them actually put like a fake thing on its actual leg or they didn't want the leg to be broken or what, like, I get it. Like, but do something different then. You know, it it just seems so silly to me in those first like five minutes. It was like, well, it, the realism where it should be easy, like is is so, you know, they did such a poor job of it. They did a good job of the stuff that is hard to make us believe that she's actually chasing a deer like that deer looked pretty good. Right. That there's actually an alien from outer space fighting them. That looks great. Like and, and it sounded great and it they made that believable, but but the stuff that's easy is they just like threw it at the wall and like whatever people don't care. And so th- that's always frustrating to me in any sort of thing, any sort of like outdoor stuff that people just get really wrong is silly to me. So um, one one of the things that um I loved a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I ended up also hating um was the fight with um Dabe, um, the older brother and yeah. the predator. Dude, he came out like a G. No, he was horse. so cool. He was so good. He came out with the horse, you know, he's pegging him with the bow and arrow. Even when like he didn't penetrate, you know, it was taking him completely off guard. Jumps off the horse, impales him, sliding under, grabbing arrows, and just like tearing this predator apart. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. This is awesome. And then, like a little bitch. The predator vanishes. And I'm yeah. like, dude, fuck this. Like, you finally get, like, your whole thing is that you want to find a challenge on a planet and, and battle to see if you are a skilled hunter, fighter, that's always, whatever. That's always one thing that's kind of that's kind of struck me strange about the, the whole, like, what we know of the predator's mission, which is to hunt the most dangerous game on our planet, right? Yeah. And then he it, meets a challenge and he fucking cheats. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's so strange to me um, that he like he he like is invisible almost the entire time. And then, you know, uh, yes, he does have like advanced weaponry and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's always struck me as a weird like inconsistency in that world. You know what I mean? Um, I did think that it was cool that this predator was uh tech down a little bit yeah that was cool. seen, right Even to the mask to the laser pointers right um, all of that yeah that was cool and which which i thought was a cool um you know because that's what everyone's first like reaction including our own to like how is this going to be last longer than five minutes if there's a predator with fucking lasers and the disc thing and <laughs> you know how is this going to be a movie if he's just completely more powered than all these other ones and like don't get me wrong he still was um but 
they this is a predator that also is you know 300 years in the past 400 years in the past you know so um i thought that that they did that really well having it so that the laser thing would lead these like arrow harpoon things around um you know i thought that that was an interesting take on it and he had like that shield thing um so there was some good good uh it was new enough where we had seen some stuff we'd never seen before in a predator movie um but it had all the you know the the classic callbacks like the if it bleeds you know we can kill it or whatever you know (laughs) lines in there um but uh yeah man i like i really enjoyed it i thought it was great um you know again it's 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 nothing groundbreaking because it's a it's a predator movie but i think that this is the best type of entry we could possibly hope for for a a new predator movie no yeah overall i loved it again it was just a couple of small things like that that also the tomahawk with the rope on it like i get it it's an interesting idea that just wouldn't work you know what i mean you got this (laughs) you got this like like hand braided rope tied around the middle of a tomahawk but we're expected to believe she can throw it and it spins perfectly with this rope hanging on the side of it the entire time it's silly i understand why they did it because it looks cool and we got to give her some sort of like you know intuitive edge over the predator and like we got to show that she's actually a good hunter even though she's not really she wasn't a good hunter but she was a good fighter and she was intelligent she outsmarted yeah. she outsmarted and that, that's one thing she that used I, she used her unique set of skills to beat the predator that's that's one thing that none I of the enjoy. other none of the other comanche brave guys knew about the the medicine that makes you cold yeah that makes it so you can't see the predator that's that's what i that, that was one thing i loved that it wasn't like um, she got lucky or what it was the term mary sue is that the term where like right uh, right right where the whole where she's time, just instantly good at everything you know like what the I mean? whole time she's learning the whole time uh like she's watching how it fights mm-hmm. she sees what happens with the laser pointer um so the whole time she's like piecing together a plan um that part i loved uh, one thing and it was slightly annoying uh it doesn't ruin the movie or anything i would have enjoyed like it almost seemed like they accepted the fact that it was an alien versus you would think not ever encountering a creature. They, they have their own lore. They have their own stories. Like they would have thought, Oh, this is a spirit. Or she a she called it. She called it that. Oh, um, maybe I missed it then. Yeah. Um, it was. Oh, now I can't think. She of said it. Thunderbird, which was cool because when she saw the spaceship, when she saw the in, spaceship, she that, called that, it that, Thunderbird. Was like, that was awesome. I was like, but when she great. saw him, cause he has that skeletal, mask on she called him something which is a name of a uh, native american windigo i didn't hear that but it's... it wasn't it wasn't a windigo it was uh skinwalker uh, i didn't hear that i don't know it was no it's called like a moonwalker or something like that it's it's like a you know one of their folklores kind of thing okay. and it, i didn't it, hear that i missed it that, does so. kind of look like it was brief like they should have been calling it that the entire time um to kind of bring that home because it does if you look at the predator it, it does look like like um, one thing you may or may not know about me, Christian, is my grandparents were huge Native American art like fanatics. Okay. So uh, up in my cabin and at my dad's house, there's all sorts of Native American like sand paintings, which is where they actually go and like drop different color grains of sand to make a big, pa- a ma- big painting, which would be on the ground. 
but you know they've obviously put a cover over it so it's, you can hang on a wall uh pottery and then kachina dolls which are you know the little dolls that they would make to represent their their gods and um like monsters and folklore and stuff and it does if you look at the predator he looks kind of like one of those kachina dolls um so it was pretty cool to kind of see that and to that like they could have just made it look like the predator we know with the metal mask you know with the you know the the men oh i lost you mic wise i i think i hit my mute button oh there we go <laughs> um so it'd be easy to to make it look like the predator that we all know and expect but they made it look like how the these early native americans would interpret it right you know so it's got the the skeletal mask and stuff so i actually love that i don't i love the skeletal mask that, that yeah was pretty cool. i thought it was cool yeah so um i think it was great i think people should check it out um it's to me you know it's it's a bummer that it was released on who like that would have been a great movie to see in theaters so I'm glad the, I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> and you wouldn't have been able to watch it at home. That's true. That's like I like I get it. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like selfishly, it was great because I could walk watch it in my room. You know, I have a nice TV. I, I listen to it with nice headphones on, so it got the real cinematic sound and everything. But at the same time, like that movie would benefit from being in theaters, just like Top Gun was, yeah. right? Top Gun Maverick. Um, that movie is it would not be as talked about as it was if it had come out on HBO Max. Um, at the same time, I don't think as many people would have been willing to watch a Predator movie if it if you did have that you know that that buy-in of going to the theater. So you know, it did break something. Like I don't, I think it was like the most watched streaming movie. There was something I saw sure. today. It broke something. I could, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that, and I think you know, we'll see more and more of that. Um, it's just, it's a bummer to me that, to know that most people who watch that, which, you know, kind of bringing a full circle uh, back to, to, you know, my job at teaching people about the importance of premium audio. Most people who watch streaming stuff at their home, um, whether it's this podcast on YouTube or Sandman on Netflix, they don't have a setup where it they're getting that cinematic experience. Now there's, there's people out there who do obviously like my house is full of audio equipment. Right. But to see a movie like that and watch it on either a computer screen, that's 13 inches big with the computer speakers that sound like shit <laughs> or, you know, watching it on, you know, maybe a nice 4k tv that you have an apple tv or something on but then you got the tv speakers that sound like shit right you're missing out on a cinematic experience and you don't know it because you're used to it and it's easy and it's what you're used to but like compare that to when you go to the movies and you see an imax movie or an xd movie or you know if if you could go to one of those dolby cinemas that amc has oh my god it's it's freaking amazing the amount of difference that cinematic sound and environment has on the enjoyment of a movie. And it's, it's a bummer that really good movies like this are skipping that option entirely. You know, I'm all for like doing like it, uh, like what HBO is doing now where 
a movie will come out in theaters and like 45 days later it comes out on streaming which is really quick yeah um i'm all for that but like it would be cool to have the option to see some of these movies in theaters um and i and i I worry that more and more are just going to be streaming exclusives well i I mean i would say that probably as more and more movies come out exclusively on streaming we're probably going to get better and better sound systems and tvs where but still like to me the movie the movie theater experience it would never compare i i love going but going as a kid i still go i love going out to movie theaters and sometimes when you don't get a shite audience it's great to have people have the same energy of excitement that you do yeah you know it's, it's just like when uh except like things like where it's um Endgame, you know, or Avengers, where you're like, yeah, you know, the energy goes up, but you're like, all right, everyone shut the fuck up because they're about to say something. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, I want people to exp- like, I don't want people to fall out of love with movies because, like, there, it, it's always been something that I've really enjoyed. Like, you think about going and seeing, like, you know, it's a bad example, maybe because the last star Wars movie was not the best. Right. But, (laughs) but like, I could tell you going in to see that movie, I was excited to see that movie. And even, you know, when it started up and like, you know, the first space battle happens, like it's an exciting experience. And I just don't want people to lose that and then have movie studios start to make shittier, less cinematic movies. You know what I mean? So I just worry about that kind of stuff, but that's a philosophical question for another time. Uh, but yeah, go check out Prey, uh, available now on Hulu. It's it's definitely a good one. And if you have a good sound system, for the love of God, please plug it in. And if you don't have one, consider getting one because uh, it, it, it does make a huge difference. Just not from Best Buy because we don't like Best Buy right now. <laughs> right. Well, well, you know. No Unless Cody gets there. a job again, then, no, then no go one, get it. No one there is going to know how to sell it to you or hook it up. So, you know, it's uh, the the training has gone out the window for that. So, but uh, yeah, hopefully next week we'll be back in person unless, uh, you know, Christian gets COVID or something. Uh, Jesus, yeah. man. <laughs> I just want you to experience it with me, Christian. Well, it wouldn't be with you anymore. Yeah. Well, I'll bring stuff. I'll drop stuff off at your house. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, thank you guys for dealing with this uh, less than optimal uh, recording situation this week. Next week, we should be back to normal. Um, Christian, thank you for bringing me cold medicine and stuff. Except I will say that cough medicine you gave me tasted awful. <laughs> I didn't give it to you for the taste, man. I gave it to you to feel <laughs> <Yeah>. better. <laughs> uh, to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and see you next week. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story 
about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now